This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. It's a world-class racing facility, Watkins Glen International, the only facility to host every major North American-based racing series. And this weekend, it is the site of Saturday's Xfinity Race and Sunday's Monster Energy Cup Series Race. Welcome into NASCAR America, everybody. Carolyn Mano with you here in our NBC Sports studios. We're going to be devoting the full hour to this weekend's races at the Glen. Let's get started. Let's bring in our two analysts joining us from Watkins Glen, Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett. And also from NBC Charlotte, we have our crew chief, Slugger Labby. So let's get the driver and the crew chief perspective on this. Just to start off, DJ, big picture, what are the major concerns that drivers have heading to the Glen? I guess the simple answer would be staying on the pavement uh, throughout this. And that might seem very simple, but it's very difficult to do. There's a cup. This is a high-speed road course. You see speeds uh, up over 170 miles an hour uh, on a couple of these straights. And I think you, when you have high speeds, then you're going to have high braking areas. That makes it uh, chances for wheel hopping to, to get the, the, the brakes heated up. A lot of things can just go wrong in that. If you make a slight mistake, you pay a big penalty at the road course because so many cars are going to stay on the lead lap throughout the day. So don't put yourself in a position to make your crew chief have to play some strategy somewhere along the way just to try to help you get that back uh, from a mistake that you made. Yeah, with that in mind, we bring Slugger into the conversation. Slugger, this must present a whole slew of issues for a crew chief. Yeah, absolutely. Like Dale mentioned, brakes, wheel hopping into turn one. Cars are extremely fast getting turn one, going down the hill, and you don't want to wheel hop. So having the, the brake balance set just right on your car is important. Another thing, Carolyn Dale, is Goodyear has brought a new tire to Watkins Glen this year. Uh, a lot softer compound. How will that tire react to the new pavement of last year? Uh, that's going to be interesting as well. Stage racing, lap 20, lap 40, and also getting on pit road at the right time and the pit crew working uh, as one because it's different for them this year. We'll have to see how that goes. We have the whole hour to get into specifics and what we can expect. The cup cars don't hit the track until tomorrow for practice, but there already has been two Xfinity practices today with plenty of big names in the field. The cars were lined up and getting ready just a short time ago to begin. And Kyle Busch in the 18 was one of eight cup regulars pulling double duty this weekend. He was the quickest, the second quickest in both sessions today. 
Joey Logano in the 12, seeking his third straight Xfinity win at Watkins Glen. He's a strong contender to do so this weekend. Third fastest in session one. And Brad Keselowski showing some Penske power as well. He won here back in 2013. He was fastest during the final session. But about midway through the final practice, Dylan Lupton in the 24, going off the course and into the gravel. He later tweeted that his car should be good to go for tomorrow, but you can see his tires firmly planted in the gravel there. Joey Logano had the fastest lap in the final practice, once again showing why he should be considered as the man to beat here at the Glen. Let's take a look at the current playoff picture in the Xfinity Series. So we know that William Byron, Justin Allgaier, and Ryan Reed are in due to their race wins. Those drivers on the right side, they have some work to do with seven races remaining in the regular season, three of which are on road courses. And before the drivers took the track today, Brendan Gaughan was asked about the push to the playoffs. Are you guys doing any sort of anything different this year as far as approach, uh, as far as playoff points go? Because y'all are pretty much safely in the in the playoffs. So they're safely in the playoffs. I'm probably still the only one that's you know borderline. I mean. Um, I mean, if, if if somebody wins a if somebody randomly wins a race, you know, the seat, we have to we have to gain another spot, you know, if somebody in the further back. So that uh, we're definitely con- you know we're cognizant of it. We're not doing much. We would like to get some stage points. I mean, the best way to do that is win a race. And I think you're going to see really really exciting strategy racing here at the three road races because you can do so many different things. You can work for stage points. You can work for the finish. You can work all different ways now that you know when two cautions are actually going to be thrown. So uh, it just depends on, on you know, these two guys. Yeah, they could probably go for stage points pretty well, you know, and try to pick up a, a cherry pick a few here or there. Me, I, I feel like we need to be a little bit more secure. If I can win one of these road races, then I'll start going back to stage points. So the Xfinity Series regulars fully focused on what's at stake here in the next couple of months, DJ. But we were just listening to you on the NBC Sports app a little while ago calling the end of practice. Restricting the number of races for these cup drivers in this series has been a very big topic all week and much before that. Based on what you saw at practice, what can we expect this weekend? I uh, expect a cup driver to win this race tomorrow afternoon. Uh, they, you know, to say there's no chance, that that would be crazy, but there's very little chance. You know, they're, they're running these races for a reason, and I think even with the cutbacks that you have, I think you'll see that, that people like Paul Menard, uh, Kyle Busch, uh, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, uh, Joey Logano, they're going to continue to come run this race. They're going to make this one of the, the few races they can be a part of because this is something they don't do very much throughout the year. This is gives them the opportunity to be in a car the day before the uh, getting in the cup car, get some more practice. You're always learning something uh, when you're in the race car here at Watkins Land. So I think they'll continue to, to make this a part of their schedule. Uh, but they're just so good at what they do. You know, you're talking about drivers that have won here in the Cup Series. And then Kevin Harvick just won at uh, Sonoma a few weeks back. So, you know, it, to, to go outrun them if you're Xfinity regular, I think is asking a lot. So what you try to do is be best in class, uh, do the best job that you can for someone like a brendan gone i think tomorrow is just about managing the the race getting as many points as he possibly can we know he does a good job at mid ohio and then road america he might could be able to go there and get a victory but not to lose too many points tomorrow he's in a tough spot i don't see anybody behind him getting that win that he has to worry about but you could easily give a lot of points away because so many people finish on the lead lap you have any kind of problem then you find yourself in a worse spot but the cup drives are going to dominate this Uh, there's some good road racers in the Xfinity Series, but they've got little chance against those guys. 
Slugger, paint this picture for us. Why is it so difficult for these Xfinity teams to be in contention? And why are we seeing these Cup teams show up and just have such ease in terms of dominating the field on a weekend like this? Well, for one thing, Carolyn, the Cup guys have already raced at a road course at Sonoma, so they're one up on the competition. So they have more time on the track. They've been shifting. They know all, all the ins and outs of road course racing, but it's going to be unique for the teams. They're going to learn a lot. Teams at Watkins Glen, they use four spotters. So in the Xfinity race, Carolyn, those, those four spotters will work together to figure out exactly what they're going to do on Sunday. The pit crews, it's completely backwards. They're going to get to work together on Saturday before, before the cup race on Sunday. So there's a lot of good things that the teams will get out of it. So you always hear the question asked after Xfinity race to the drivers, what did you learn by running this Xfinity race? I think tomorrow's Xfinity race will be highly important for all eight cup drivers in the race on Sunday. DJ, do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. You know, they're here for a reason. This is great opportunity, as Slugger was pointing out, for the, the pit crews to get involved tomorrow afternoon. A lot of them that wouldn't necessarily do uh, uh, an Xfinity race, uh, they're going to be a part of this because things are so different. And, and again, you, it just comes down to experience here, uh, having that experience. You know, speaking of experience, the, the guy that has the most, you know, we're looking at right there, Elliot Sadler, uh, in the Xfinity series, uh, that, that doesn't play into the part that he's against these cup guys that, that are, you know, therefore for a reason that it win these races so it just makes it so difficult but there's so much to be gained for these cup guys to be in this race uh, at this particular track dj for a driver like william byron he knows he's in the playoffs uh, at a track like this is he in a position to be able to test his limits this weekend and find out more about what he's capable of against competition like what he'll see this weekend yeah, I think that one of the best ways to put it is he doesn't really have any pressure on him to, to go perform. You know, they can do whatever they want. This is really a learning experience. If he goes out and gets himself in trouble, it's not going to cost him anything. He has the most wins. He's already got a lot of playoff points uh, in the bag. So a lot of good things that, that he's built on ovals is going to allow him this weekend to do something that he hasn't done much of, and that's road race. And, and so if he can keep himself somewhere around those, those cup guys and get some great learning experience, experience and over the, you know these next three or next three road courses that they have uh, counting tomorrow then he's going to be a better road racer uh, at the end of this month and so I think that it's more about him learning than going out and thinking okay I want to get a stage point or get a stage win to get a playoff point or anything like that it's just about getting seat time try to be out there for all the laps and be a better road racer when you finish the race tomorrow afternoon yeah and in fact this is the first of three road courses for the Xfinity drivers in the next four weeks they've got stops at both mid-Ohio and Road America coming. We recently asked some of the drivers what the challenges are over this next month. I love the month of August for the Xfinity Series. It is literally the greatest month of racing you could ever ask for. There's nothing like road course racing. We have three road courses. They're fun. It's something different. And there's so many fans that turn out. I love road course racing. It's something that we don't get to do all the time. I thoroughly enjoy the challenge of going to these road courses and, and doing well. A lot of opportunity to kind of um, do more with, with what you have and, and um, really prove yourself. A lot of time made and lost on a road course racetrack by very little things. Realizing what those things are is going to be very important. You really don't know what to expect and uh, it's just fun as a driver. And Slugger, while it's fun and it's also a challenging month, where are the opportunities here? The Cup Series drivers likely not going to be as involved at Mid-Ohio and Road America. So how do these teams really take advantage of the next month? 
Well, you know, the thing that's tough, Carolyn, is the Xfinity regulars, you know, they don't have three or four road course cars, so they're going to have to manage their equipment and save it for mid-Ohio next week. So these, these Xfinity teams, they will be working on Sunday after the Xfinity race to get their cars ready to go to mid-Ohio. So it's a unique circumstance for these teams. But, Carolyn, one thing that sticks out to me that's going to be interesting for the Cup Crew Chiefs is for the first time this year, the stage ends at lap 20 and 40 for both the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. So there will be a lot learned on strategies uh, from the Xfinity race that the Cup Crew Chiefs will learn from. But, you know, the Xfinity guys, Carolyn, just making laps on road courses and getting in that groove. And when they go to mid-Ohio next week, they can showcase their talents with no Cup regulars in the field. So that's going to be the interesting part to me is the, cup, the Xfinity regulars just simply staying on course, taking care of their cars, and watching from the Cup veterans to get better and learn and prepare themselves when they get ready to go to mid-Ohio and Road America. DJ, it's a lot of work for the crew chiefs and the teams, and there's certainly a lot at stake. But you just heard the drivers. It seems like this is a lot of fun for them, like they're looking forward to this. How much enjoyment is there in this next month for some of these drivers who relish the opportunity to get a crack at these road courses? Yeah, they, and those guys were genuine about the, the fun that they have because it's something that you don't get a chance to do very often. You know, these this month of August is, is when they will do this. They'll get three shots at it, and then they won't do it anymore until next year. So uh, you, you look forward to that opportunity. The other side of it is we saw through those videos that at Mid-Ohio and Road America over the last few years, uh, they've had to race in the rain a couple of times. That's something that you don't get a chance to do on an oval either. So it, it brings a lot of opportunities that they really look for forward to and some are looking at it as an opportunity to go out and steal a win get some playoff points or, or get themselves situated inside the playoffs so they really do embrace this and uh, again tomorrow is, as Slugger pointed out is more about they're not going to have bad weather so it's more about staying on uh, the course not tearing up their equipment and getting ready for for the next two and then try to take advantage of those situations but the, the three courses are so completely different that I think the drivers really look forward to the challenges that they present. Well, we are going to turn our attention to the Cup Series when we come back. Joey Logano is certainly in dire straits when it comes to making this year's playoffs. So a win at the Glen, will that solve the problem? We're going to examine his chances and tell you why he might be a good bet to do exactly that on Sunday. Stay with us. We're just getting started. Just one week from the start of the Premier League season, Chelsea is the defending champion and the new season begins August 11th on NBC and NBCSN. And I'll tell you somebody who wishes that the season was about to start, and that is Joey Logano. Since that penalty at Richmond took away his spot in the playoffs, Logano went from being 115 points in the good to now 69 points below the cut line. That is a swing of 184 points. But as you will see, Watkins Glen one of Logano's favorite places to race. Green flag is in the air. We're underway from the Glen. It's going to be a pass-through penalty for Joey Logano. Equipment leaving the box. Here comes Logano. Look at the inside. Joey Logano has taken the lead back. Coming out of turn seven. Joey Logano is going to win at Watkins Glen. Kevin Harvick. Does he have enough fuel to get home? He's offline. That tells me he's out of gas. Here comes the 22 and Joey Logano. Trying to stay in front. He runs out of fuel. Here comes the 22. Logano's going to win at the Glen. Oh, yeah, guys. Woo! What the weekend? Awesome job. Joey Logano, a year ago, from the pole, was able to get the win. 
He'll see the checkered flag, his 26th career win in the Xfinity Series. Logano wins at the Glen again. And Logano hopes that a second career cup win at Watkins Glen will earn him a spot to this year's playoffs. However, the drivers above the cut line, Chase Elliott, Jamie McMurray, Matt Kenseth, going to be racing hard to defend their current spots with only five races remaining in the regular season. DJ, what do you think is more important to look at right now? Logano's problems on the track this year or the recent success that he has had at Watkins Glen? I promise you they're looking at it in a way that right now they're not concerned about those first 21 races. There's nothing they can do from that except try to be faster when they go to a place like Michigan. Right now it's about coming to Watkins Land where they know that their driver can get the job done. Uh, this isn't, even though we talk about it being a high-speed road course, it's nothing like a high-speed oval, which has been giving them problems. Uh, this is much more technical, too. Uh, with that, Joey Logano can get the job done here. He would love to, to make sure that they get that victory here and find themselves situated in the playoffs then they can go to work and in, in making those ovals a much better uh situation and, and opportunity for them i think he still does i know i've heard him say that that this weekend presents his best opportunity to win i also think that bristol and richmond present him opportunities but the sooner you can get out of the way the better slugger when you look at the way his equipment has performed and some of the issues that they have had is his past success at this particular track enough to compensate some of those struggles in your opinion well i think some pressures on the team carolyn they've never arrived at watkins Glen in the past needing a win they've been locked into playoffs uh, every year uh, since they've been coming there. So the thing the team has to do is not panic. And we've seen some of that in Penske Racing where they've panicked. They had a part fair in New Hampshire. Uh, you know, they, it's been noted they had a lot of issues at the Tech Center after the Richmond win had it taken away and knocked some speed out of that that team. But the thing is, is Todd Gordon's got to call a perfect race as well to win. Uh, we saw him last week at Pocono, made, made a mistake on pit road, uh, speeding penalty. Todd repitted him, uh, stopped for gas, and had a penalty. So in order to win these races, Dale and Carolyn, you have got to be perfect. And that team needs to build a, a solid build race car and, and do the right strategy to get them to where they need to be on Sunday. But execution is going to be the key of what that team needs. So, Slugger, what we just saw on the screen was a closer look at those bubble drivers. And essentially what it looks like you have are three groups here. You've got 13 drivers who have won and essentially locked themselves in the playoffs. You've got other drivers like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Daniel Suarez and Eric Jones who are well below this group on your screen and who really need a win and are kind of out of the points game in terms of making the playoffs. This particular group right here, these bubble drivers, what is the strategy, Slugger, in terms of points, versus going for a win, and especially you mentioned the stages at a track like this. Well, I think if you look at Chase Elliott and Jay McMurray, they're simply trying to stay on course and make no mistakes and get a good finish and get out of Watkins Glen. Clint Boyer, Joey Logano, they have to go win. Uh, Clint Boyer finished second at Sonoma. He's a heck of a road racer. But like Dale mentioned, Sonoma, Watkins Glen, two different tracks. Uh, you need downforce. It's a really high-speed technical track. And then you got Jamie McMurray. He's just a guy that's just going to be sitting there. I mean, I'm sorry, Clint Boyer. He's a guy that's going to be sitting there knowing he's kind of okay. And if he gets a top 10 finish to come out of Watkins Glen, I think he'll be in decent shape. But I think you're going to see the teams of Clint Boyer and Joey Logano be super aggressive in how they call that race on Sunday. How difficult is this territory, this bubble territory to be in, DJ, with so much on the line? 
Yeah, they, they've, those drivers that are just above there, Jamie McMurray and Chase Elliott, and even Matt Kenseth, they've almost painted themselves into a corner that makes it very difficult to, to be too aggressive with their play calling, like Slugger was talking about. You just can't go take that chance. You have a, an opportunity there, and it's going to take more winners coming from behind you uh, that's going to knock you out of that position uh, to possibly get in on points. So I think still at this time, they have to be a little bit more on the conservative side, especially at a place uh, that can you can lose a lot of points just with the wrong decision, just like Slugger was talking about. You have to run a perfect race here. You make a mistake as a driver or a crew chief and put your driver back in the pack, then you're going to lose a lot of points to, uh, throughout the day. But uh, Joey Logano and his team has nothing to do but go for a victory, whatever that takes. They have the driver to get it done. Uh, a lot of other places they may have to take chances, but they have the driver and probably the car to get it done this weekend. And I think Clint Boyer, even though they were talking about points last week and, and getting that stage win uh, that got them the 10 points there uh, at Pocono, I think they have to look more on the side that we have to go after this and be pretty aggressive. Uh, Clint Boyer is a good road racer, but I think anything inside the top 10 there would be a good weekend for him. And then let's see how we have to manage it. But those three guys that are right there on the bubble that are in right now, it's really a slippery slope that they're on in trying to decide, okay, how far are we going to push the issue and trying to gather as many points as we possibly can or possibly go after a victory that might if it doesn't work, slide us all the way back outside the top 20 and we lose a lot of points. And then, DJ, the other driver that's below this group of bubble drivers but who has been making a lot of headlines this week because of his consistency is A.J. Allmendinger at this track. Among active drivers, he's got the best average finish at the Glen in ninth place. When you look at A.J. Allmendinger and his chances this weekend, how big of an X factor could he be? Oh, he's the man. I mean, he's the one everybody is looking at here. You know, they know Joey Logano and his stats and, and what he could possibly do. But this is someone that's well outside the cutoff line that has no chance of getting into the playoffs other than coming here and getting a win. And they know that how he's an outstanding road racer. And in particular, at this particular road course, uh, he really likes the way that this set, sets up. He has a victory here. I think we're going to see probably A.J. Allmendinger. He knows this is his one shot. Yeah, that's more pressure on the driver. To, to get the job done, but they come here with that pressure. But we're going to see him probably be the most aggressive we've ever seen him be. Slugger, do you expect him to be just as much as an act of an X factor as he has been in the past? Well, I've been fortunate to be associated with A.J. Allmendinger and JTG Racing through the Alliance for Richard Children's Racing. So I know that A.J. will drive the car extremely hard, use up every curve that he can, and he will torture his car. Unfortunately, when you do that, Carolyn, it, it raises its head for mechanical mistakes. Uh, Sonoma this year, they had a battery alternator issue. Last year, Watkins Glen, same issue. I think it's Sonoma the year before, they had a fuel cell pickup issue. So is the team ready? We all know A.J. can run a road course, but is the team where they need to be to give A.J. a fast race car and one that can run all 90 laps? In our discussion of these bubble drivers, we mentioned Clint Boyer just a little bit, but coming up, we're going to really focus in on the Kansas native, take a sneak peek at his racing roots. You're not going to want to miss this very special feature with Rutledge and Kyle Petty when NASCAR America comes back. This day in NASCAR history takes us back to the first professional race at Watkins Glen. 60 years ago today, NASCAR Hall of Famer Buck Baker led all 44 laps to win the first NASCAR Grand National race run at the Glen. He beat fellow Hall of Famer Fireball Roberts in a caution-free race by nearly half a mile. And Baker won a total of 10 races in 1957 on his way to a second straight 
Grand National Championship. And moments like that have inspired those cup stars that are currently making their way in the sport. And racing roots with Kyle Petty and Rutledge Wood really go deeper in the paths that some of today's drivers have taken to get to the Cup Series. And we have another episode airing Sunday night after the race. This time, it features Kansas native Clint Boyer. Here's a look. Checkered flag and the wins of Clint Boyer. You start running good. Let me tell you, you get busy. I tell you what, you spend a couple minutes in Kansas and you realize this is why Dorothy didn't want to leave. Hey, Hi, boys. Hey, hey, there he is. This big slab of wood. I'm like, everybody's got a brand. Don't, don't, dude. Don't, is that a cow? <laughs> you want one? Let's all get one. Is this heaven? This is this is how it all got started. Is it real tubing or muffler tubing? I think it's muffler tubing. <laughs> That's straight off the track. Never did another thing to it. You know where we're going? Yeah. Yeah, he's got the address. Get a good run at it. How do hit? As old. Fell asleep. Casey's driving. Hey, get up! Get up! Get up! I just passed the cop. Think we can find him? Oh, there they are. Good, good job, Cash. You saw baby ones? This is where legends come from. Guys that come out of blue collar America and they, they rise to NASCAR stardom. Makes you wonder how Clint Boyer chose cars over cows. You can check out the full episode of Racing Roots immediately following our coverage from Watkins Glen Sunday night right here on NBCSN. NBC Sports, of course, your home for all things Watkins Glen this weekend. Tomorrow it's the Xfinity Race. Our coverage begins with Countdown to Green at 1.30 Eastern here on NBCSN. And everything leading up to Sunday's race where a potential playoff spot is on the line. DJ, I know you spend a lot of time with Rutledge Wood and Kyle Petty. You add Clint Boyer into that mix, and that is quite the triumvirate of, um, I don't know, what should we say, intelligence, fun, energy? How would you describe that trio? Yeah, most of those things, I would certainly say. And fun comes to mind more than anything else. Uh, Clint Boyer is just a, a great personality. Uh, he's someone that uh, had, likes to enjoy life, and but... I tell you, when he gets behind the wheel of the race car, he puts the helmet on. I don't know that there's anybody any more intense inside the race car. He's pretty wide open all the time with that. And I think I've said this before. I think Clint Boyer is somebody that we need to have him in the media center or on TV or an, at least an interview, regardless of how he's done. Because if he's had a good day, he's upbeat and a lot of fun to listen to. And he's also a lot of fun to listen to when things haven't gone so well. But he keeps it in perspective, and I think that he's done a really good job of getting himself positioned this year uh, for one of those playoff spots. You know, he's come close to winning a few races, some second-place finishes. Uh, but right now, he's, he's in a battle. He's been in this position before with other race teams, so we'll see how he handles this in trying to get situated inside that top 16. Yeah, Slugger, you highlighted the position that he was in earlier in the show as it relates to the playoffs. He picked up his first stage win last week, and right now, as you look at where he stands, he's only 17 points back of this final playoff spot. How do you think a course like this suits his particular strengths? What else can you offer, Slugger, about why Clint Boyer may be perfectly suited to get over the hump and get a win this weekend? Well, he's a good road racer, Carolyn. Obviously, uh, we've seen what he did at Sonoma earlier this year. And, and, you know, last year he was there with uh, Harry Scott's car and, and didn't get the good finish that he deserved. But uh, when he drove for RCR, he was one of the guys we always looked to and went to for advice. But, uh, you know, the thing about Clint 
is Stuart Haas Racing. They have really stepped up their performance the last month. Uh, they've started to understand the Ford body and what it needs. So Clint can win any of these next five races leading up to the to playoffs. And uh, the thing I always like about Clint Dale, you talked about how humorous he is. I always made sure when I sit on the pit box, I had Clint dialed in uh, on my radio, on my <laughs> scanner, because he was all, always comical. Him and Brett Griffin, uh, those two there are, are worth the price of admission every every race to listen to. It's, it's quite the show. <laughs> Slugger, if you were a crew chief for him this weekend, what's the one thing that you would really focus in on in terms of what the team needs to do execution-wise? Well, they got to keep Clint plugged in. You know, like I said, when, when, we, when they get on the radio, sometimes it gets a little one-sided where uh, it, it's easy to get, you know, uh, not be focused. But uh, strategy, Mike Bugeritz, he's got to call the perfect race. He's got to hit the segment stages just right. And, uh, you know, the last segment, we know uh, we can go about 35 laps on fuel. So that means around lap 55, uh, you're going to pit under green and you want to play that game just right. Uh, to set yourself up to the end. So the, the, to be on pit road when the yellow comes out, that's going to be a big key in the race on Sunday. And hopefully uh, Mike Bugeritz can get that just right for the team. Well, from one entertaining personality in the garage to another, Matt Benedetto joining the NASCAR on NBC podcast this week with Nate Ryan. His last name was the topic du jour. Take a listen. <laughs> Speaking of your last name, have you heard the mashup that they play on Sirius XM sometimes of your name? Oh, I don't know. Do you have it? I do. Oh, um, no. I'll, I'll just let I'm you hear, hear this. They, they play this on SiriusXM all the time. Matt DiBenedetto. Matt DiBenedetto. Matt DiBenedetto. Never mind. DiBenedetto. <laughs> That's Junior. <laughs> Didn't know if you'd, if you'd heard, heard that, but I mean, I wouldn't be upset about having a name like yours if people like stumbled all over it and, and people made little promos out of it. It's kind of cool. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, every time every time Dale Jr. sees me, he's like, DiBenedetto. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking cracks me up, man. <laughs> Every single week, a different guest with Nate on the NASCAR and NBC podcast. DJ, I know you've spent a lot of time with Matt Benedetto over the last couple of weeks. What impresses you most about him working with the equipment he has, trying to make a name for himself, even if it's one that most people have no idea how to pronounce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me included, uh, especially whenever you try to say it quickly. So I, I'm going with Matty D. How about that? But I, I'm most impressed with his attitude and, and just the desire and determination that he brings. You know, a lot of people uh, in his situation, you know, he came from uh, California. His, his family moved to Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, he ran races there, won races at Hickory Speedway and worked his way up. Uh, but he hasn't just really got that one great opportunity that he's looking for. Uh, I think he's proven uh, in in subpar equipment, if you will, that he's capable as a driver uh, in those right situations to get some good finishes for them. So he has plenty of talent, but he stays upbeat. He really enjoys life. He does a lot of good things. And, you know, the best thing is he's keeping his name out there, keeping his face out there, just in case that situation opens up. So uh, I really did, I really like the determination and the passion that he has to be a race driver, but yet understand his position right now at this point. He wants to move forward, but he's okay with where he's at at this time. Yeah, much more insight on Nate's podcast with him as well, so make sure you check that out. In the meantime, our Parker Kligerman decided that it was a nice enough day to go out for a walk. So coming up next, Parker's going to take a stroll on the twists and turns of Watkins Glen Road Course.
This weekend, NASCAR doubleheader on NBCSN right here from the road course at Watkins Glen. Tomorrow, 2 Eastern, the Xfinity Series. Sunday, 3 Eastern, it's the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. And just in case you were curious while watching the show today about what's happening over DJ's shoulder, that's actually the K&N Pro Series East. It's the Finger Lakes Wine Country 100. And our own Jeff Burton's son, Harrison, currently running fifth right now. So that race taking place now, and we're going to be bringing that to you next Wednesday right here on NBCSN as well, if you are curious. In the meantime, Parker Kligerman at the Glen this weekend for all the festivities. We asked him to get up just a little bit earlier than normal to take us around the two-and-a-half-mile track for an inside look at some of its many quirks. Watkins Glen International has had IndyCar, sports cars, and, of course, NASCAR that have raced here. And every driver from each of those series I've spoken to always remarks about one thing, the speed. And it starts here on the front straightaway into turn one. In a NASCAR Cup car, you'll be approaching this corner at over 150 miles an hour before having to get on the brakes as hard as you can into this downhill braking zone into the slowest corner on the track. So now we're down in the center of turn one, which is one of the slowest points on the racetrack, but it's still 75 miles per hour, which on most legal highways in the United States would get you a ticket. From here, the drivers and the accelerator hard into one of the fastest portions of the racetrack. The drivers will come down the fastest portion of the racetrack into the hardest braking zone, where they'll then cut that first curb, hop over the second curb to the center of the bus stop chicane where I stand right now, still carrying roughly 100 miles per hour, and then accelerate into the carousel. So as the drivers come to the center of the carousel at 110 miles per hour, they'll steadily climb in speed to the exit at upwards of 130 miles per hour. Well, they'll go by those yellow barrels, which fittingly have bowling pins on them. Why? Because high speeds like this can equal big wrecks. So as the drivers come down the straightaway from the carousel into turn six, they'll carry about 90 miles an hour through the center but then accelerate hard on the exit and do all of this available runoff. And this is why we've seen some crazy moves by drivers using all of this asphalt into the final corner. So as the drivers come off the final corner at over 100 miles per hour, they'll end the lap at over 126 miles per hour average speed, making this one of the fastest road courses in North America. And this year, it could be faster than ever, as Goodyear has brought a softer tire here to Watkins Glen. And Slugger, mentioning that tire earlier in the show, you pit in reverse at Watkins Glen, Slugs. So how does this work? How much do pit crews actually rehearse that at a track like this? Well, Carolyn, it's a unique challenge going to Watkins Glen because everything is backwards. You come on the pit road, the driver's normally looking left to get into pit stall. Here he's looking to the right. The pit sign's in a different spot. The pit crews, they really only practice the week of, of, of Watkins Glen, so it's definitely different. So teams have a different approach of how to pit their race cars. Normally at, at Watkins Glen, you'll see them go to the left side of the car first and then scoot around to the right. 
but that makes it completely discombobbled from how they typically work every week. So what teams are going to try doing this week, and I'm sure we'll see it tomorrow in the Xfinity race, they're going to change right side tires first, because like we see the 16 car doing right here, they're going to change right side tires first, and then they're simply going to round, run around to the left side of the car. So it's that, something different where these teams are picked up about a second. So you see, that's a normal routine coming around the car for these changers, and you get used to it. So you see the, the, the jack men run around the back of the car with both rear tires, and the tire changer simply let the jack down. So it's a different twist on pit road to make up about a second. And when you make up a second, Dale, as you know, on pit road, it really shows up a lot on the racetrack. Wow, yes, yeah, Logan, that can mean uh, the difference in not having to pass three, four, maybe even five cars, and it's so hard to pass at this racetrack. So if you can get all of that done, these teams work endlessly trying to figure out how they can just pick up a little bit to help their driver out. But I can assure you, this is a tough pit road to get on as a driver. You have to be extremely careful not to speed. It's a long pit road, and don't speed on the exit of this. Very easy because you're going downhill. Easy to let those RPMs get away from you. So uh, the driver really never gets a rest because this is a hard 90 laps in the cup race that they have to run. Plus, you really have to pay attention to what you're doing getting on and off of pit road. DJ, something else to consider for the weekend. We've been talking all week about NASCAR instituting this overtime line change. It's going to coincide with the start-finish line this week. Of all tracks to do that, a road course, <laughs> what kinds of scenarios do you think we could see with, with this change, this latest implementation? Uh, race finishing under dark, uh, at dark, you know, where the drivers can't see. I mean, it's a really, you think about all the, the things that could happen here on this road course, and, and you talk about having to get back to the start-finish line now. Uh, you know, I like the idea. I'm glad that the change was made. I never understood the 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 overtime line being where it was put. But there are so many opportunities. You're talking about on a late race restart in overtime, the going down into turn one, we see accidents there, uh, up through the S's, going into uh, the inner loop there, uh, coming out of uh, the carousel. E even getting to turn seven, you could see something happen uh, that, that would uh, negate uh, a start there and, and the, for the white flag to come out. So there's so many possibilities that, that could happen here uh, as you look at this. There's just, you know, endless things that could happen that where NASCAR would have to throw uh, another caution flag. And we literally could see five, six, even seven uh, attempts at trying to get this race finished. This is absolutely one of my favorite places, Slugger, just because of what DJ just said. There is so much going on here. And you brought up something interesting as well, that in the past, the spotters during these races have really come into play with strategy at times, particularly as it relates to caution. Uh, cautions, what did you mean by that? Well, you know, Watkins Glen Carolyn is a 2.45-mile track, and the spotter that typically stands at the start-finish line, he can't see everything. So teams will have four spotters. And basically what they're looking for, obviously, is to clear the driver of any situations on the racetrack, but they're also looking for opportunity. So uh, basically what happened here, used as an example, Greg Biffle cuts down a left front tire. Teams notice this. The spotter says, hey, we have a problem on the racetrack. There's debris. There's going to be a caution. Teams hurry to pit road to get the advantage so they can pit under green. Here with the three car, I was running 22nd, made it to pit road, got four tires and fuel, and came out sixth. So I gained a lot of spots by listening to my spotters and the spotters being aggressive and not afraid to make a decision of, hey, there is going to be a yellow flag. Let's take advantage of it. And it just so happened it was in our fuel window, so it was a perfect storm. And many teams took advantage of that situation. So, you know, it takes everyone working together as one, but you have to make a decision at the right time 
to pit. And that's what's going to happen on Sunday. Uh, something like that could take a dominant car out of the race by simply missing an opportunity to pit under green with a potential yellow coming. Yeah, and the stages this time around will no doubt come into play as well. Something else uh, that you should keep in mind for tomorrow for the Xfinity race, we're actually going to have a very unique and innovative approach to the broadcast. It's something that we haven't tried before. We're going to have our announcers, along with MRN and Sirius XM's Mike Bagley, positioned in different locations around the track. So in the main broadcast tower at the start finish line is going to be our own road course specialist, the voice of NBC's F1 coverage. That's Lee Diffie. Alongside him, Steve Letarte. And the S's is going to be Mike Bagley. That's where the speed is fast and the course is very narrow in the carousel. We just heard from Parker Kligerman. That's where he's going to be. And then Jeff Burton's going to be positioned into turn six. So when you consider all that and then you add in our pit reporters on pit road, everything adds up to what should really be an amazing broadcast with so many different perspectives. DJ, how do you think this is going to turn out? We're excited to have the bag man along for the ride and also just so many different vantage points here with where we've set everybody up. Yeah, this is going to be a perspective that, that no one's ever seen. The fans haven't gotten this before. And, and to have two road racing uh, drivers out there, Jeff Burton was a, a good road racer. Parker Clearman can hold his own against anybody. To have their vantage points there at two very difficult parts of the racetrack is going to be really exciting for them to look at the track and at a race from a different vantage point than they've ever looked at it before. So I think it's going to bring some really cool things for us to see. And Mike Baggett, he just brings excitement wherever he is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But you put him in the S's, and there's going to be a lot of excitement there. So I'm really anxious to see how this plays out. And I believe it's going to, the fans are going to really love uh, what they see and hear from all of these people tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, we're excited to have him along. We know his co-host on the morning drive, Pete Pistone, told us, DJ, that he's going to bring an Emmy to the <laughs> broadcast. So no pressure, uh, Mike, <laughs> but we really expect you to deliver. Uh, we're very excited about that. While we wait for the weekend's racing in all, we're actually going to take a look back coming up at what's transpired most recently in the sport. Ryan Priest's win last week at Iowa, just the beginning of a full week packed with a season's worth of storylines. So up next, we will review the week that was right here on NASCAR America. Well, next Wednesday, Joey Logano going to join us live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. Joey's going to discuss his journey from racing quarter midges in Connecticut to his current status of being one of NASCAR's elite drivers. Again, that is Wednesday night at 5 Eastern right here on NBCSN. Those shows have been great so far this year. And before he joins us next Wednesday, Logano could cap off a very busy week in NASCAR with a win. Let's take a look back now at the last seven days with our week in review. You bet on yourself, Ryan, and you won. Man, I am I'm so lost of words right now. I don't even know what to say. This is this is what emotion is, I can tell you that. Nothing's gonna beat today. His first win this season. Kyle Bush is a monster energy. Cup series winner. Finally, eh? Absolutely. Finally. I'm sure I'm glad you qualify where you did. Woo! That's a bit of a mess there. I don't know how the hell a 17 got through there and didn't tear it all up. Oh, the That's an emotional song. It says, I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> time now to get that magic eight ball. Are you going to uh, buff it up? All right. Okay, Will this be the last time that NASCAR makes a change to the overtime line? No, you don't even need an answer. <laughs> <laughs>
Kevin Harvick walked into the bathroom next to me, and I'm racing in the same race, but I was totally starstruck, and I couldn't get a word out, and it was just, it was really interesting, so. That's it was good fun. it what didn't happen in the bathroom, because that's normally not a great place. Yeah, no, not, not, that not first next to each other. No, we no. weren't next to each other, but. Uh, he didn't offer to shake his hand. Okay. No. It was great having Ryan Priest in the studio yesterday. So some of the headlines from the week. On Tuesday, Nate Ryan reporting that Stuart Haas Racing would not pick up Kurt Busch's option for the 2018 season. SHR declining to comment on that. NASCAR announcing a couple of significant rule changes this week. We mentioned the overtime line that's going to be moved to the start-finish line starting this weekend at Watkins Glen. Secondly, NASCAR will further limit the participation by cup drivers in both the Xfinity and Truck Series, which sparked reaction from both sides of the debate. It's been a hot topic and a couple of really special throws schemes unveiled this week. William Byron paying homage to the late Ricky Hendrick in this year's Xfinity race at Darlington and then Dale Earnhardt Jr. showing the world what he will be driving in his final race as a full-time driver in the Cup Series at Miami. So big week of news. In the meantime, coming up, Watkins Glen is one of the most historical racetracks on the NASCAR schedule. So up next, we're going to go into the vault, reveal our top five moments in 60 years of NASCAR history at the Glen. Welcome back to NASCAR America, everybody. This weekend, another chapter going to be written in the rich history of NASCAR racing at Watkins Glen. Who is going to be the author? Here now, our top five Watkins Glen moments. DJ, number five, 2005, under a red flag here. A Matt Kenseth fan making his way onto the track for an <laughs> autograph. That did not go over well with driver or security. <laughs> No, no, Matt uh, wasn't in any position or mood to sign an autograph right at that time. Uh, unfortunately, the guy was escorted out with no autograph. <laughs> Number four, 1988, Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace Slugger. Great battle to the finish here. Yeah, absolutely, Carolyn. These, these two guys right here are veteran road course racers, using up every inch of the track as they should as they come to the checkered flag. It was one heck of a race, and they use a lot of the bumper to get where they needed to be. These moments are among some of our best. Uh, number three, 2011, Boris Sedd and David Reagan getting together triggered a huge crash, DJ, that put David Rudiman on his roof. This video is just incredible. Yeah, it really is. We talk about the high speeds that you run at this racetrack, and that's one of them where you're getting up to speed out of turn one. Just a vicious crash, but thankfully everybody was okay. A little shaken up at the time, but you can see just how much damage can take place at this racetrack because of the high speeds. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, 2000, this is the Xfinity Series, and Jimmy Johnson lost his brakes heading into turn one, nearly cleared the gravel trap in turn one slugger. Certainly. What's up with Jimmy Johnson losing brakes all the time? But uh, obviously the track has changed a lot. They've paved all that runoff area. They put safer barrier inside there for the safety of the drivers. Good call. And number one, 2012, after Bobby Labonte laid down some fluid, the finish here between Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, and Marcus Ambrose, DJ, an instant classic. Yeah, one of the best last laps I've ever seen. You could see just how determined these drivers were to try to win this race between the three of them. There was oil all over the racetrack. They were sliding, hitting each other. Just incredible. Marcus Ambrose, the victor. All right, let's get some uh, picks for Watkins Glen because it is that time. Slugger, let's start with you. Who are you taking in the Cup Series on Sunday and why? Well, early in the broadcast, I was critical of the 22 team and Todd Gordon for some of the pit calls and, and the cars not being uh, solid and having issues. I'm going to go with Joey Logano. He's won the last two Xfinity races at Watkins Glen. He won Watkins Glen Cup race 2015, finished second last year. Joey Logano is going to make the playoff stages go crazy DJ? after this victory. 
Well, the man that won last week wins them in bunches when he gets started. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Uh, he knows how to get the job done around he here. He was certainly fast today. We'll see what happens this weekend. Enjoy Lagano will be with us on Wednesday. That's all for NASCAR America. Make sure you go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. In the meantime, enjoy the weekend at Watkins Glen. We'll be with you every step of the way. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.